Hey everybody, I'm Harry, here with another episode of the Alston Pudding Podcast. My guest this week is Marise, a Canadian pop singer. I've been covering their stuff for a couple years. We met in 2019 at a show. I covered a show she was doing with Jeanette King, who's been on the podcast. We talk about this in the episode coming up. But yeah, I've, I've been a fan of theirs ever since seeing that performance, both musically and visually with their music videos. I've just been very eager to see their development as an artist and performer. So Marie's just released her debut album, Eight, uh, which came out in May. And so I've been anticipating this album for at least since like last fall, last summer, when I kind of caught wind of it. It had seemed like she'd been gearing up to do an album for a while, so... I knew that I'd want to have her on as a guest and talk to her. But yeah, so we we basically run through her album track by track, and it's a good time. I, I actually saw her perform in Toronto a couple weeks ago because I was I was taking a little little trip, little break. It was necessary. A little uh, little break for my birthday week. Oh, did I I don't know that I I don't know that I talked about this. <laughs> I really like his new album, but I'm a little tiffed at Harry Styles. So obviously, I'm Harry. He's Harry. He released that new album on May 20th. My birthday's May 21st. So like, I don't know. Like that's he should have asked. He should have he should have checked with me first. Harry Styles. I would humbly request a formal and public apology. Uh, perhaps in the form of a guest appearance on your next album. Or if you want to come on this podcast, we can talk Harry to Harry. We can work this out. So this is my official invitation to Harry Styles to come on the podcast. Uh, speaking of official, open, long-standing invitations, Robert Plant has not responded to me uh, inviting him to come on the podcast. Now, I've, he probably hasn't heard this podcast, and this is the only place where I have invited him, but Bobby, Bobby, come on the podcast. I'm not going to let this go, ever. Not ever. I guess on a more, more serious note, since I ended the last episode talking about why it's so important to support reproductive rights for all, I also, uh, you know, it's, it seems like bad news just keeps kind of coming around every couple weeks. And, you know, it's hard to be optimistic when you're like every week, what's it going to be this time? Obviously, the school shooting in Texas is incredibly sad. And, you know, like, I don't have anything deeper, profound or meaningful to add to the fray. I just, you know, I, I've never had a desire. I, I don't understand that the desire to own a gun at all, nor this country's obsession with firearms that, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. You know, like this, this just keeps happening and it's, it's horrifying. Like it's horrifying when it happens at any age to any group of people, but it, I don't know, kids, man. Um, uh, so yeah, please support, you know, stricter gun laws. I, you know, I, I'm not here to peddle any political stances, but just, I don't know, it, it makes sense. Anyway, here is my conversation with Marise. Uh, you'll be hearing 
five tracks throughout the show, so that's about half her new album. Even though we run through the whole thing, I just kind of like all all these tracks are really good. There's a lot to like, especially for the the pop fans. Anyway, the the titles of the track that you're going to hear in order are Mercy Key, Experiments, Emo, Mutable, and Too Late. All off Marie's eight, the number eight. That's the name of the album. Uh, but anyway, yeah, let's get right into it. Welcome to another episode of the Austin Pudding Podcast. My guest this week is Marise, a pop singer from Montreal, based in Montreal. You're originally from Vancouver, right? The Vancouver area? I am. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be chatting today. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. I've covered your stuff like for a few years now. I think we met in 2019. Yeah, I was on tour um, and stopped in Boston. I think that's where I met you at a show. Yeah, yeah. You and Jeanette King, who's been on the podcast. Yeah, the best. Yeah, (laughs) uh, Sarah had hit me up on LinkedIn, and I'd never gotten a coverage request on LinkedIn before. And I was like, I'll check this one out. (laughs) That's so funny. I didn't know that. But yeah, you've been doing some amazing coverage over the last few years and following along all my various yeah. singles and stuff so thank you i mean well because i like the music a lot nice <laughs> yeah seeing you and Jeanette live was like because i had previewed the show and so i was like yeah i'll come out and see it uh it was, mm-hmm. it's at like a really cool cozy venue yeah but yeah it was a good show and you were both really nice and so that's i'm like you know i like covering nice people who make good music for sure yeah it's it's unfortunate when you really like someone's music and then you meet them in person. You're like, wow, <laughs> douchebag. <It's, laughs> 
I find like really hardworking type, like DIY type artists are usually like just pretty nice across the board. Yeah. Like I, I haven't interviewed, like, I don't think I've ever interviewed any huge, huge people. Most people have been pretty nice. I feel like I've lucked out in that sense. Good. Well, that's also because you are sweet and put out good vibes. So, you know, (laughs) you attract what you put out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I've known that I wanted to have you on since hearing that you've been working on an album, which is now out. It's Mm -hmm. been out for a little over a week now. Yeah. Yeah. It just had its first birthday a couple of days ago. First week birthday. Nice. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Has that, has the response been so far? It's been great. It's been such a whirlwind because I'm on tour right now. So the album came out the day of my Victoria show. Um, And that was really fun because I went to UVic and a few of my university friends are still in town and it was a huge sold out show. I think we actually went over capacity and it just felt like this full circle moment where I, I started playing music in Victoria as a teenager and now returning with my first album. So that was really special. And then, yeah, I've just kind of been on the road and trying to, stay grounded because so much is going on at the same time but the reception has been really wonderful I honestly I couldn't ask for more love and support around it it's been really just heartwarming and validating (laughs) because you never know really until people hear it you think it's good but then I also had moments where I was like this is I don't know can, can I swear Oh, fucking nay, yeah. Okay. There's moments where I was like, is this fucking terrible? Like, is there a point in me releasing this album? You know? So it's like that kind of flux of feeling really good about it to wondering if it's worth anyone's time. So, yeah, to have such a positive response has been really nice. Yeah, good. I I really like it. Thank you. I've listened to it, like, three times in the last two days now just to, like, overload myself. So I, I was hoping, at like, later on, we could go, like, track by track. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. So I like, I wrote not like extensive notes, but I just wrote down like the thoughts that I had Cool. on like, you know, a couple listens. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like you've been making this album for a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. And a couple of these songs have been out for a while too. Like I covered Squillettes yeah. and I think one of the other ones, mm-hmm. like a video for it. Yeah. Squillette came out in 20... 20- the song came out, I want to say 2020. Was it 2020? It might have been, yeah, around Halloween 2020. And then we put out the music video for it around Halloween 2021. I think that's when it was. And um, that was the first single off the album. And another one of the songs on the album I wrote, I think I, I started writing it about eight years ago. And it's always kind of come along with me through various projects. I've performed it live, but I never had it recorded. Um, is, that, uh, is that emo? No, actually it's oh. playing dress up the last oh, okay. track. Yeah. Yeah. No, emo's a newer one, surprisingly, even if it's extremely <laughs> angsty and sounds like I wrote it when I was a teenager, but um, yeah. I, so I'll talk more about that when we do the track by track, but that like, I, that felt the most like different of all the songs on the album, but like still, fit in in its place on the album i like the i like the flow of it thank you yeah but yeah um so they've kind of a few of them have existed in various forms uh over the years and then some of them were written just right before we finalized the album so it's a pretty 
solid amalgamation of um, experiences and just different, um, yeah, moods and chapters over the years. And hopefully folks can hear the through line. So far, I've heard that it's chaotic yet cohesive, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of how I hear the songs too. So I'm glad that people feel that they're, even though they're desperate, they still have um, a thread throughout. Yeah, I I definitely have noticed some threads. Like, uh, I feel like thematically too. Yeah. Not just uh, not just like musically. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it feels like there's a, and I guess it makes sense because I've seen like a lot of your videos at this point, and you have you use a lot of like fantasy and witchy imagery. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking, there's like a, a photo edit of you sort of as like a like an elvish fairy in in the the woods. Yeah, that that exists exists, right? Yeah, no, totally. There was like a, I did this moth series with a friend who added all these little moth wings and layers from. I think she actually used some real textures from stuff she'd collected in the woods, but she added it to yeah this forest fairy series that I did, and it turned out really pretty. Mm-hmm. So yes, I do love fantasy elements, and I <laughs> I feel that it's um, it's always kind of been part of my vibe ever since I was a child. When going back, like I was always dressing up in in costumes, especially witchy fairy things, and um, it's just been probably also with being Celtic, having that kind of magical, mystical influence from from my parents being interested in the esoteric and exploring kind of family roots and all that. Um, I've always really loved being in the woods. I'm currently, I'm at my parents' place right now in North Vancouver. So I'm looking out into the woods that I more or less kind of grew up in. And yeah, it's the, it's something that um, as a kid as well, I was an only child. So growing up and being kind of alone a bunch in nature, I think allowed me a lot of time to start creating little stories and little songs and um, escaping to this fantasy world that I try to recreate somewhat in, yeah, in my current project. I also uh, had a lot of woods in my backyard growing up. And so I spent a lot of time there and like came up with a lot of like folkloric monster, like monsters that would live in those woods. So yeah, can definitely awesome. relate to that. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up like an hour south of Boston in a okay. town called Marshfield, which is nice. I'm always surprised when people have heard of it because I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, have you ever made it to Salem when you, because like the, was that the only time you've been to Boston when you toured through? Yeah, that I went one time just on a travel tour kind of thing when I was younger, but I never actually really experienced Boston until that tour. And even then it was so quick in and out that I didn't properly have the time to explore, but I am finally doing a pilgrimage to Salem this fall oh, nice. um, for the first time. So that is going to be awesome. I'm going to try to go not quite in Halloween season, but still in spooky season, like end of September kind of thing. So that hopefully avoid yeah, once, once October 1st hits, then like every day is really, really busy. Yeah. I would prefer to avoid that, but just get <laughs> on the cusp of, of that energy coming in. So it's still really great. Like fall Salem is, is great. I always try to go like, the week right after Halloween, because mm. you know after that day, and it's just it goes back to being just a normal town. But it does yeah. have like a 
a really cool vibe in the fall. And I, mm-hmm. I like going, it's very like a lot of really photogenic spots. Yeah. I've probably romanticized it a bit in my mind, but um, if the town kind of gets into the <laughs> campy vibe, then that'll be fun. A lot of good food. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I also see a lot of interesting um, tattoo shops and, and mm-hmm. just kind of, cute little witchy artsy stores that i'm excited to check out there's there's some very like mall style witch stores but then there's like better ones that are more like you go down into a dusty basement type which is like this is more (laughs) this is more kind of a vibe you'll have to yeah you'll have to give me some recommendations on the real deal yeah i'll uh i'll work on it (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah i've the museum is like um there's a few museums but like the peabody essex museum is really cool the Wish, sorry? Uh, Peabody Essex Museum. Okay. It's like a pretty sizable museum there. They usually have like a an exhibit, like a wing dedicated to the the witch trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to see some kind of exhibit on that. Would be great. Definitely super interested in checking it out. Um, so yeah, I will follow up with you. <laughs> hit you up for some more recommendations. building out fantasy worlds in in your head in the woods 
mm-hmm. definitely definitely something that I you know like I can relate to that and I kind of heard that on the album with like a couple songs that seemed like there was a lot of lyrics about not just being in the fantasy but like seeing yourself create the fantasy like I think the the opening track uh has some lines about like being in your room like kind of escaping into this this fantasy world that you've created I don't know the exact lyrics yeah yeah no that's a good example of that for sure and that was that first song's reflective of kind of creating that escape when there's a lot of chaos that feels overwhelming and growing up in quite a tumultuous home. Yeah, just finding ways to exist amongst chaos but and get through unscathed more or less by, yeah, just kind of knowing that no matter what, there's a place you can kind of go, even if it's just in your mind where you can feel safe and and have more control and freedom and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's where the, tr- the first track comes from. And well, I guess that's, that's a good place to start getting into the, uh, the tracks. Yeah. All right. So that one I wrote down shades of Enya and like Irish balladry. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so the Celtic aspect is definitely coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my like jazz choir background, I feel we listen to a lot of acapella mm. music with various parts and that was a challenge I set for myself was just to have a couple tracks on the album that were fully produced by me Mm. but since I'm not that comfortable of a beat maker yet that ended up being tracks that were either acapella where I was just layering my own vocals or um on piano so um but yeah so that first song I kind of was returning to those those roots and trying to create um, instrumentation just with my own voice. Cause that is obviously the instrument that I'm the most um, comfortable with mm-hmm. and I'm really happy with how it turned out. Mercy key. We should, I'll, should mm-hmm. say, add the titles uh, for, yeah. for <laughs> listeners. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. I, yeah, I didn't look at any, hadn't looked at any like the production notes yet. Just been listening to it, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, so how many, tracks of you singing are there um and me producing the tracks no 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 um oh sorry, sorry. on on that song like oh, how many gotcha. vocal tracks are there yeah like doing a lot of uh layering of the vocals yeah i think there are four different parts and then tons and tons of doubles layered over top so yeah definitely taking notes from anya who i know some of her tracks have hundreds hundreds of doubles and layers and harmonies. So it didn't go that far, but um, I did add a synth bass to the kind of chorusy part. It's just the final section of it. Mm -hmm. It adds like a really nice texture below. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted it to be really deep and rumbling and I did sing it vocally. So it's mixed the synth bass with my voice, but I couldn't go as low as I wanted to. So I did go, quite low uh but then with the synth bass just kind of matched it an octave lower to make it even more deep and rumbly so yeah that moment when it hits is kind of supposed to be like very enveloping it's fun doing that one live because it's so sparse as Mm -hmm. it starts off and then it kind of builds and then it pulls back and the the big rumbling part comes in and people are usually kind of caught off guard in, in a good way i think so yeah yeah that's a special one for sure when you do it live, do you play the other vocal tracks and do you just like, do you sing one of them over? So like- far? Yeah, no, that's, that's where I want to get to. This tour kind of had a bit of a 
misdemeanor. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, <laughs> my partner who's supposed to accompany me uh, was not well enough to join. So just a couple days before the tour started, um, I needed to figure out a solo set. So it ended up being quite basic where essentially for that song, I have um, a few of the tracks already playing and I just sing kind of the remaining ones over top. But eventually I would like to sing them all live so that it's what you hear is actually being performed live and not just the pre-recorded um foundation uh yeah so that's that's where i would like to get to next time around do you see that happening via like using a looper or something like yeah that? yeah that's what i'm thinking um jeanette has a little i don't know what the model is but she has this little beat machine box thingy that i used in 2019 we're on tour together just very basically but um she uses it sometimes to layer some looping vocals. And I think that mm -hmm. that's kind of what I would want to try to use. Um, Cause yeah, it adds a nice element. If all, all the vocals you're hearing live are, are there in the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that would be kind of my next challenge to add on to the live component. Yeah. I always think it's really cool uh, when that happens live. So I would definitely hope and love to see that happen at some point. Yeah, for sure. Sadly, it won't be when you see me. <laughs> hey, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, next time. You know, I get out to enough shows that, especially if you come back to Boston, then at some point. Mm -hmm. Which I hope to ASAP do another show in Boston. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a really nice opening to the album. Thank uh, you. Because, you know, like I've heard, you know, like Dance of Your Tracks by you. I've heard, you know, like kind of boring stuff in the hyper pop vein. Some like, so I, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. Like, from the jump, but it kind of like caught me off guard in a really good way where it was, yeah, no, it's a really good just showcase of your vocal talent, like right Thank off the you. bat. I don't know, and it's a very, very peaceful way to start the album too. Thanks. Yeah. It was important for me to kind of start on a note that people might not be expecting and that it's myself and my own voice kind of just carrying it um, because it is kind of a lonely track and it's reflective of, those early songwriting days where it was just, yeah, it was just me and my voice creating little songs and ways to escape. So I, for a while, tried to make that track longer because it's only two minutes long. And I, it came from a poem that I wrote uh, five or six years ago. And I had the poem and had all these different lines and stanzas that I was just like, these are all superfluous and they don't need to be here. And I feel like I'm just trying to round it out. So eventually I just kind of accepted that it was meant to be more of a shorter intro and uh, yeah, worked out well. Yeah. Um, oh, I also not sure if I mentioned the name of the album eight should do that for the viewers. This is what happens when I don't write down too many notes beforehand or like I save it for the last minute. Um, I <laughs> forget to mention things so that the album is eight. Why is it called eight? It is called eight because eight has always been my lucky number since I was a kid. Uh, speaking of woods, I had found it inscribed in a uh, stump, an old stump somewhere and decided that it would be my lucky number for life. And it has been, and everywhere I've stayed, like a lot of addresses have always had also the number eight and musically with, you know, eight beats. I'm always counting eight beats in my, in my mind. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just love the way it looks. It's almost like a symbol flows very nicely into itself and kind of looks um, to me like 
a cyclical kind of shape of things happening over and over again. So it, uh, yeah, it just felt right for this album, which feels very personal and mm-hmm. true to me and my essence to just also just use my lucky number that I feel has kind of accompanied me through the years. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. just because I was like, there's 10 songs on this album. So it's not, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And people think there's like a hidden message of, oh, what does like <laughs> the eighth song represent? And I'm like, it's just, it just ended up being <laughs> there in that order. <laughs> but uh, yeah, some people were also wondering if it was supposed to be the infinity symbol, which it wasn't. Um, but I guess also thematically. They are the right, same symbol, yeah. just rotated. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. I've never looked into if there's like a actual reason for that. Or if it's just because like it is a closed loop that's like intersecting itself, which yeah, makes like sense as infinity. But like, and why is that also eight? And w- does the does the Arabic numeral come before the infinity symbol? And now it's just like a rabbit hole that I could find out if I went down Wikipedia long enough. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, but that's a later thing <laughs> to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the numerology of it as well is interesting. And like eight in the tarot, and yeah, there's a whole different. There's a whole eight lore to explore. What a major arcana is eight? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't actually know, but my my dad is is very into tarot and other esoteric things. And when I told him that it was called eight, he was like, oh, it's because of this. And he like got out his book and read me the definition oh. <laughs> of what it was. And I was like, I guess so. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. The friend um, I got lunch with uh, is very into tarot. Nice. I got her a shirt that is like it's designed like a tarot card but it it says the audacity oh, that's cute <laughs> yeah that's really uh, cute i love tarot too i i read it for a really long time but um still use my little book for references yeah it, she's also like into like numerology and angel numbers and stuff so she like mm-hmm. texted me cuz she got like a 555 today in her like oh, nice. her uber home but I, then I, I read it the thing is I read it at 444 I saw wow. open my phone and saw the message so I was like damn yep <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like am I noticing these things because I'm now looking out for them <laughs> um but I like to believe in more magical occurrences so whenever I, I've been seeing eight pop out up a ton now and I just keep feeling like that's just a little message that I'm on the right path kind of thing yeah but yeah, it's, it's however you want to take it, right? But sometimes when you need a little boost in life or you're feeling doubtful and all that, it's nice to see these things that feel um, more serendipitous. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, if it helps, like at the end of the day, if it helps you believe in yourself more and like what you're doing, like, I, f- I feel like that's uh, like, like manifesting is all like, it doesn't ignore like actual, like the actual effort that you're putting in. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just like a magical thing happening. You are like, putting out some like contributing to like your own life and like the world and universe. Yeah. I think it's, you know, you're consciously putting efforts towards things and the word manifestation, I think has also become almost like a cringy, (laughs) like white feminist type term, which I like, it is kind of embarrassing because it's just kind (laughs) of like, Oh, did you manifest it? Or is it privilege? You know, but like on a more pure definition of manifestation you know if you're if you're consciously putting effort and work towards something you are manifesting that into life and into creation and working on an album you know is manifestation for an eventual tour um but it's not just popping up out of nowhere you're intentionally you you 
putting in the time. Wrote and recorded yeah. a whole ass album. So yeah. <laughs> you might as well like believe that like the universe has given you a wink every yeah, now and then. For sure. Like, hey, you did you worked really hard on that. You did a good job. Definitely. And that's something I'm trying to work on too, is just letting myself feel good and enjoy the moment because I'm I'm so wired to just always needing to do more all the time and always putting out content as we all are, right? So yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's like when you actually accomplish something and you finish a project, just letting yourself feel that and feel yeah. like I actually have put in the work that I can maybe take a second and also just enjoy whatever product, not in a commercial way, but the product of your work, just letting that live and be appreciated and not always jumping to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. You're like, you're allowed to feel a little closure on something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, I try to do it with like every episode of, this show that comes out where it, you know, it takes a while to edit that audio and like definitely each, each one is supposed to be a like lot of work. presented individually, you know, mm-hmm. with like one artist. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's almost like you're producing a different track each time you put out an episode kind of thing. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have a friend who like mixes and masters it helps on that. Cool. So, uh, That's awesome. yeah. Um, feel proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, no, it, like it's it's fun to do. Like you do put in a lot of work to like creative projects, but like at the end of the day, you do it because it it is enjoyable for you and it is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be. Otherwise, what's the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it gets tough, you need to love it to keep going. But yeah, I, I'm definitely guilty of of being like, all right, I like I finished this one. Now I got to start thinking about the next one immediately. Hmm. Like you're only as good as your next project or your output and all that but that is not a sustainable way of um living (laughs) no and it's tough because like i do enjoy feeling productive yeah but uh you know i also like you can't like focus on only being productive all the time like that's not gonna make you happy either you're gonna crash and burn yeah or end up resenting what you're doing so yeah yeah reap the rewards of the universe coming back to you i say (laughs) <laughs> I agree. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Moving on from the like the soft intro of Mercy Key, mm-hmm. experiments kind of gets gets it. I wrote down Party Marie's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's it's a bit freakier and a bit um, yeah grindier for sure. Very much homage to the two thousands club music of the days of Timbaland. Especially. Yeah. Oh, I can hear that in the beat. Yeah. Yeah, the producer Jeshway is a really incredible um, artist and friend in in LA, and um, he did some production on my first EP as well. He produced Boy, and um, now with this track, he he sent it to me, and I just kind of wrote experiments pretty much right away on it because it was so nostalgic and evoked a lot of. Uh, pretty solid memories of a style of music that I was too young to kind of experience at, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I obviously couldn't go out to clubs and that kind of thing. So it was fun to kind of relive that and create my own sexy club track in 2022 that I would have wanted to party to. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like making songs that you want to party to is such a good way of making music. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if party is the vibe that you're going for, but. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Like, I think it's always been important to me to create music that I want to listen to and music that I, especially when I think about when I was discovering music as a teenager and like actually forming my musical tastes, just kind of honoring that so that 
if that passed me or, you know, my friends and all that were listening to it, that they would enjoy it. Um, Cause I think, yeah, you want to be making music that, that you would listen to if it wasn't you, <laughs> hopefully. And uh, this was an example of that for sure. And in, like, I really dove into the kind of Y2K pop star energy on this one with the little mm-hmm. kind of, um, spoken parts that are meant to be, you know, like in the studio back and forth and with a sound engineer, like, okay, like drop me back in here and that kind of thing. And just, yeah, I think that's, well, the I didn't even the notice end. those. I'm going to have to yeah. keep an ear out for those next time I listen. Yeah. There's a part where I'm like, drop me back in here. And then at the end I'm like, yeah, I think that's the one, um, like the right take kind of thing. Uh, cause I love that energy with Timbaland and Justin Timberlake and Nelly Furtado and just feeling like, who knows if it actually was, but it feels a little bit more just kind of improv in the moment energy. Uh, and those types of moments become so iconic. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, like um, on uh, Sexy Back, I think my favorite line is nothing that Justin Timberlake does, but it's it's Timbaland going, take yeah. him to the bridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just so funny. And he's so like, Timbaland's got this like goofy energy too that I appreciate. Like as much as that era of music was a bit like, self-indulgent or self-important or whatever there was also this kind of comedic mm-hmm. like we know it's over the top energy and at um, the end of the day i think he's a really good producer like his tracks sound oh, really he's fantastic. good like yeah. going back to like like the pop music of that that decade mm-hmm. tracks by him i think sound better than like like don't make me listen to the black eyed peas <laughs> I, for whatever reason on my my like for you like one of the auto generated spotify mm-hmm. playlist uh it was like a throwback one to like yeah music from the and i've got a feeling was on it and i was like no skip block this song <laughs> for do not ever that song evokes such a strong reaction like so personally i love that song um, <laughs> it's, it's one of it. two ways it's one of two ways and i love it and i would say 95 percent of people around me hate it <laughs> it's just like like my partner really hates it. My music producer friends hate it. And I'm just like, you guys, like, it's so much fun. And they're like, it feels like it was just designed specifically. Like what are the most cliche party lines that we can put all together? It's so predictable. Yeah, it would be, it would be, I feel like it would be fun, but I don't know. Like the, it sounds really abrasive to me. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) No, I totally get it. But, uh, all right. Back to, back to eight. Fergie aside. (laughs) <laughs> then, so next up we have unofficial which i wrote my only note is it felt like video game music and i mean that in a good way totally yeah no i definitely hear that because it's got a lot of like funny little sound effects and little sound bites it felt like a little like chip tune but not in 8-bit yeah no for sure that was definitely the energy i wrote it with margo who's one of my favorite producers uh to work with they made three they produced three of the tracks on the album Skodet, unofficial and mutable and uh margot's production style is definitely a lot more in that pc music hyper pop realm but also super super versatile and unofficial to me is the most it's pretty much the only track that has auto-tune on it or like auto-tune is a just kind of constant throughout where my vocals that's part of the whole vocal performance and it's really fun. I really love performing that one live. I love jumping around to it. It's really fast paced for me because a lot of my songs are not that fast, but yeah, 
that's a fun one. I could see it in a video game for sure. Yeah, no, it definitely has that that hyper pop feel. One of the more hyper poppy ones. I think there was like one or two others that felt sort of in that vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. That's that embraces the like pink, sparkly, candy, bubblegum energy the most. Uh, and then after that, we have emo, which is like fully like like all rock song. Yeah, guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actual guitars and drums, um, which was important to me to have actual instruments recorded on that track just to make it sound a bit more authentic. So my my former drummer from my very first band back in the day, which was a rock band, um, he recorded. Uh, live drums at his place in Vancouver, Graham McDonald's. And that was really, really cool too, because he's kind of the main musician that I started making music with. He was a really great songwriter. So again, another full circle moment, returning to old collaborators and making emo with him and Solomon K.I., who was also part of that first rock band, felt um, felt really cool. <laughs> Fun to do. And I love the... Uh the refrain of um did you did you even listen to the songs i sent you mm-hmm. you know that, that that hits you know yeah so when you hear that line do you like how do you interpret it i'm curious um i don't know because i i guess i'm just like thinking of it out of the context of the whole song because mm-hmm. i haven't like listened yet with like the full lyrics in mind first couple listens lines that stand out to you you kind of just like take out of context um yeah. and just like apply it to your own life but you know it's like i just had a flashback to like making playlists for for like people that i was mm-hmm. like had a crush on or were sort of seeing mm-hmm. and then there's always like a it feels like there's sometimes like a moment later after that after you send the playlist where like the one of the songs comes up and yeah i'm kind of just describing a specific moment now <laughs> no it's actually it's actually like quite accurate with the song one of the songs comes up and you're like oh hey yeah this song and they're like what am i supposed to know this song and like it's on the playlist yeah. that i made for you yeah the extremely curated to you playlist yeah. that i spent many hours pouring myself over how could you not know order this and everything <laughs> Did you ever listen to the songs I sent to you? Did you ever take the time to read the message too? I called you in the evening to see if we were through. I woke up in the morning still to no response from you. You can go and try.
Yeah, no, it was, uh, you were pretty much spot on because I also um, was referencing an ex that would make me all these playlists and yeah, that I would always listen to really thoughtfully and get back to him with these reviews of the songs I liked. And then when Mm -hmm. I sent him playlists, he just kind of, I think he just didn't take them seriously. So he would kind of like half listen or just not Mm -hmm. listen or be like, oh, I'm not going to listen to that artist because that's like a lame artist. And I was like, you're lame. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) a reciprocate a little bit the playlist game exactly uh so next we have panoramic which kind of reminded me of like early grimes before she became the grimes we kind of know now yeah Uh, totally but uh sort of that um that visions era Mm -hmm. yeah a couple people have said that and it's funny because when writing the track i wasn't really thinking of her as an inspiration like i was thinking of it a bit more 80s but then it also kind of had this um more lo-fi energy of yeah the kind of late 2000s i was actually thinking about the strokes a little bit uh with Mm. some of the guitar but definitely just yeah that kind of indie sleaze era of when making music in your bedroom was becoming more and more popular so Mm. yeah but i can can definitely hear that Yeah, well, I can I can definitely hear like the eighties, um, mm-hmm. like this and a couple other songs. Yeah, definitely with that like faster, little faster um, BPM pop. Mm-hmm. More up tempo. Yeah, uh, there was also it felt like some the the line. Uh, sometimes I want to leave my body. Sometimes I want to be somebody else. That felt yeah. kind of in line with like the fantasy theme that I was kind of talking about earlier of like. Mm-hmm fantasizing about embodying a different like being or something yeah absolutely and I wrote it in the pandemic when I you know all I really had was my silly little walks outside and I was just kind of dissociating walking through the park and just feeling like very floaty and kind of not really within my body and also just with my own you know gender identity and that kind of thing like sometimes I feel very at odds with the body that I'm in so that was kind of referencing that a little bit too yeah, that it was a pandemic was definitely a, a time of heavy reflection on Yeah. So much time to reflect. Ex- existing within your own body. And yeah. Yeah, I had some I this is on the more peaceful side, but I know like during the beginning of the pandemic, I there were like two rabbits in the bushes out front mm-hmm. and I would sit outside and I would they would like one of them would come out and like sunbathe pretty regularly. Mm. And I would just sit there making eye contact with the rabbit and like completely dissociating and yeah. feeling like I was becoming like one being with the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty trippy, but you know. Yeah. It's also something we didn't really have the time to do that much before the pandemic because we were so busy. Yeah. But even just taking in our surroundings and kind of becoming one with them or blending into it or noticing things that you wouldn't notice when you're just running around like a crazy person all the time 
yeah, but that's a cool experience that you had. Yeah, I was just like, I can't, I can't think right now. This, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no thinking, totally. please. Yeah, <laughs> just funny. Not a single uh, thought. Oh, but they ended up having kids because one Aww. day there were just like seven more bunny, like smaller oh, versions wow. of them that were just hopping around, following them, and it was really cute. So that's so cool. Yeah. Next, uh, we witness, and this one had mystery vibes written down. Mm, mystery vibes, yeah. It is very uh, kind of expansive and and mysterious and uh, very Celtic influenced by some one song in particular that I grew up listening to a lot in Breton, which is um, a language from France, but Celtic region in France that my grandmother spoke. And it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings type sounding language. Hell yeah. Um, okay. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the song is called Trimacolod. And it means three uh, sailors. And the melody for that inspired the chorus for Witness. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Could you email that to me? I will, yeah. Is it like it's a, also it's some recording. Is it like one of those that has like a, you know, a bunch of... Yeah, yeah. So there's been all these different versions of it recorded over time. And then it's also been used in kind of popular songs. There was one big song called La Tribu d'Odana in the late nineties, I want to say that was like a rap trio from France that uh, utilized also that melody. So I kind of oh, nice. heard that also growing up. Yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you the tracks. Yeah, please. <laughs> then we have mutable, which also just that name kind of reminded me of that idea of like changing or morphing uh, mm-hmm. into something else. Um, and kind of yeah. kept up the, uh, like, I really liked the flow between witness and mutable. Um, I feel like this was the best like pairing on the album. Oh, cool. I'm really glad to hear that because I was actually having a hard time um, finding how to follow Witness because it's Mm -hmm. to me this kind of like powerful kind of uh, almost angry, but in this mystical way song that to me feels like quite heavy. Um, So following that was a bit difficult, but with Mutable, Immutable is a lot of people's underdog favorite. Like I wasn't expecting that to be in so many of uh, my listeners' top three. Like I've had a lot of friends say that that is in their top few songs of the album. And it's because it's very stream of consciousness and the structure of it's kind of random. But yeah, again, that one, I'm just like listing all these things that I want to be and don't want to be and wondering if I want to be alive or not. (laughs) So, but it's this kind of, it, you know, it sounds kind of sultry and it's vibey, but it's got, it's just got a lot of random concepts that were flowing through my brain. And I wrote that. So that song, I just had hundreds of lines and I tried to kind of figure out which ones made sense together more or less. Yeah. It, it's just, it's one of those ones that just made its way onto the album at the end. And oh, nice. I'm glad it did. It did. Yeah. yeah. It was the most recent one. Like we finished it a few weeks before submitting kind of the album for completion. Nice. Yeah. I, I, probably say that's one of my favorites on on here nice taste i haven't i haven't i haven't gone through and ranked at all mm-hmm. <laughs> i think they all are really good examples of what you do and like your range thank you appreciate that
But the the one I'm most familiar with is this next one, Squillet. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I am I pronouncing that right, or is it? Yeah, it's it's Squillet. So you don't have Squillet. to pronounce the like squ. It's okay. just like a hard k Squillet. Yeah. And that's that's featuring Backwash. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I think I covered it when it first came out as a single, you and did, then I yeah. covered the video, which the video is is a lot of fun. Yeah, so much spooky fun on that. I love on this song how because the melody that you keep going back to is so it's so pretty but and catchy and then it like the song just kind of flips on itself for backwash's verse and that mm-hmm. it goes like into a like a darker heavier place um and it just it works so well and then the video you've got like kind of you crawling around like a sleep paralysis demon yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love being creepy. I kind of want to like be in a horror movie at some point. A few people have yeah. asked that. Like, have you considered being like a horror movie demon? And I was like, I would, <laughs> I would love, <laughs> would love to do that. Yeah. See, less about consideration. Where's my offer? Yeah, where is my offer? <laughs> I think it's going to happen though. Like it's, it's very much in my destiny for me to be in a horror movie visual project of some. I've been in a music video where I get murdered, which was fun to film. Uh, not my own music video, but another one um yeah so anyway um hire me as your <laughs> local sleep paralysis demon uh i haven't seen mine in a while so no i'm it gets a little good. worried that that it's doing okay out there yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have multiple sleep paralysis demons or just one i just it's just like one shadow but okay. i haven't had sleep paralysis in a while that's good yeah Weirdly, never during the pandemic. I thought for sure it's gonna, it's coming back. <laughs> right. Yeah. If your brain is stressed out, or yeah. No, nah, but it was more, more in like uh, high school and college. Yeah. Uh, Same. It was here. more frequent. 
And then I kind of mm-hmm. like, I kind of induced like self-induce it to like relax to fall asleep now. So I feel oh, like yeah. I've like reined it in. Like it's scary when you wake up in it and you're kind of yeah. like, I can't move. And like, is, am I, did I die? <laughs> yeah. Is this uh, death? And yeah, you can see the room, but it's like weird. And then the demon mm-hmm. is there. That's cool that you've gotten more of a rain on it and that it's almost like a lucid thing for you. I, I heard it's how you, how you can induce lucid dreaming. And I was like, mm. oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a scary one. Try not to fuck with it too much. Personally. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we weren't, we weren't meant to create our own dreamscapes. Yeah, you got to be careful out there. Yeah. The wild dream world. Speaking of horror movies, mm-hmm. I I got I had a dream that if I ever make it into a movie, uh, you feel free to be one of these horrific monsters. But it was like I was in a cabin in the woods with a bunch of strangers, and then like everybody's body started morphing into weird like Cronenbergy like abominations, nice. and and then uh, a, a decrepit like hermit looking bearded figure just apparated into the center of the room and said, you shouldn't have come here. And that I've never like forced myself to wake up out of a a dream, even Mm. if it's like a bad dream, but that I like, I remember like just being like, Nope, no, 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 this is Mm -hmm. a dream. And I cannot, I'm not doing this. (laughs) I have like goosebumps of you telling that. Cause I think that's one of the scariest things is when you almost feel like you've been perceived by one of the entities in your dreams and they've recognized that like, you're not meant to be there. And there's a trend of that on TikTok. Actually, a lot of people who are kind of either have sleep paralysis or into lucid dreaming and that kind of thing, where it's like, there's this moment where you're noticed and Mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, made clear that you're not welcome or not supposed to be there. And then if you stay too long, I've wandered into like a a section of my own mind that, you're not supposed to enter yeah. <laughs> for your own safety. That's, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was a trend, but mm-hmm. you phrase it like that. Yeah. Uh, By trend, it, I just mean, um, like, it seems like a lot of people have those kinds of uh, yeah. experiences. But, like, phrasing so. it like that, where, like, I I hadn't thought of it like the guy recognized me. But, like, he mm-hmm. did. He was looking right at me because everybody else was, like, morphing into this yeah, no, he noticed you. body horror abomination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that you, thanks you made it worse <laughs> <laughs> thanks you, you just ruined my life <laughs> i'm so sorry no, <laughs> at least now you can look it up and maybe find like a yeah i'm using tiktok more now so mm-hmm. all right so last two songs home stretch yeah we have too late which i wrote for this one i wrote down 80s and regret yeah 80s <laughs> regret <laughs> that's that's very accurate um yeah i i recently got asked if that was about a relationship uh with you know like a romantic partner or something that you regret not acting on your feelings or something like that and it's really not really to do with anyone other than myself and just kind of self uh criticism or I guess self-loathing of just feeling like wasting opportunities and not kind of seizing them the all yeah all the opportunities that are kind of at my fingertips that I don't act on or that I'm letting the days kind of fly by and not um, making the most of it and um, how I hold myself back and that kind of thing. So that's why it's like, if I'm too late, I'm the only one to blame. And it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, I'm my biggest, my biggest bully, my biggest critic and restraint. Like I I really, truly feel that um, 
all of us are capable of doing whatever we want, but we're usually the ones that are second guessing ourselves the most, you know, mm-hmm. even before the rest of the world does. So yeah. yeah, that, that song was kind of, and, and then it's set to this really fun, bouncy tracks, uh, ironically, but that's how I do most of my, most of my happy songs are not actually happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's very eighties in, in and of itself where it's yeah, like, totally. this is like the catchiest, most fun melody within this mm-hmm. song. is, You know, I mean, this one isn't like dark, but it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just like, not like super stoked. I I figured it was more about like just opportunity in general. So I Mm -hmm. think that comes through. I think the whole song I say, I, because I'm like, I watch the moments, the mornings pass me by. Um, If I'm too late, I'm the only one to blame. And like I said, it would be different, but I keep kind of repeating the same pattern. So yeah, it's pretty clearly directed at myself but it could also be you know like i'm if i'm too late on like making this relationship happen then it's my fault kind of thing too it's so, one one type of opportunity you know yeah and i kind of like how differently people interpret songs um that is a sign of a good song i think if it's relatable but also just a reminder to shoot your shot in like all areas of life mm-hmm. yeah totally and then uh so wrapping up last song I know you got to get going playing dress up. And uh, mm-hmm. so this one, I, w- I can't really write it down because it's an image, but I pi- I pictured the meme of Winnie the Pooh sitting in the chair when it's just normal mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. And it, so then that caption would say not ending your album with a piano ballad, but then <laughs> the, the sophisticated one of him in like the tuxedo smiling, ending yeah. your album on a piano ballad. <laughs> what you've done. Sophistication. <laughs> Thank you. I am so glad that sophistication is what emanates from that final track choice. Yeah, it's that's good. That yeah. This and Mercy Key are good bookends. Yeah, I think so. I think they are. I think they also, uh, if you're listening to the album on loop, playing dress up flows really well in, back into Mercy Key, which was my intention. So, yeah. And it's also, it's, it's the shortest and the longest track. Like the first song, the intro is two minutes and then playing dress up is five and a half minutes. So it's I think my longest song that I've ever released. And you said this is the one that's been around longest. It is. Yeah. And I've performed it for years with different projects. um, And usually someone else playing piano, but I wrote the piano and I wanted to record it. um, And then on tour so far, I've been also performing it, playing and singing at the same time, which to me is still, something that remains a bit of a challenge because it's it's how I write all my songs it's how I practice at home but then when it comes to being in front of people I'm so much more comfortable just singing um but I think for this track it takes me playing it for it to kind of fully flesh out into the entity it's supposed to be because I kind of like slow down and speed back up and that kind of thing very much in tune with my voice so I'm glad that I've gotten to a point where I can at least fumble my way through it live <laughs> nice yeah no it's a really good ending and that's a cool about the uh like the intention behind kind of looping it so you said i mean you said the it's not supposed to be an infinity symbol but you know loops back yeah. around yeah no totally it, it still does um and i think that theme is also kind of throughout is just the the cycles that we repeat the ones that we try to uh not perpetuate because they're not healthy for us or the people mm-hmm. around us and and being mindful of that while also being mindful of our roots and the way we are 
and why we are that way. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's getting added to the rotation. I have I have <laughs> to like find because I have like hundreds of playlists and anything I listen to usually like winds up or like any like stuff from albums I like. So I have yet to like start adding tracks to playlists, like my mm. vibe playlist, but yeah, it's going to happen soon. Yeah. Well, I would be honored to be added to your vibe playlist. Thank you for um, the great questions and taking the time to really listen and stuff. It's always nice when I can tell people have, yeah, really listened. Appreciate it. For sure. Yeah. Anything you want to wrap up on? Uh, well, I am performing in Toronto on May 19th, and you will be at that show, which is exciting. Getting um, a little travel in. Yeah. Uh, and then and then I'll be playing in Quebec City on May 31st. Did I say March? I might have said March. I meant to say May. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think you I, said May, but it's I said May. May. Okay. Yeah. It's already, oh my goodness, May is already like going to be done tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's halfway, but, um, halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just playing throughout the summer as well and looking forward to hopefully getting back to the States ASAP. I really want to do another little East Coast tour and get back to Boston and Brooklyn and Philly. So I'll watch the mornings, the minutes, moments pass me by. Try to set in motion, just in the frozen and paralyzed. Gotta find that something, or end up with nothing out of time. Always rushing, this pressure's crushing my fall behind. No excuses every day, never focus. On the pain, finding reasons I should wail. No distractions every day, till I crumble from the weight. Finding reasons I'm afraid of.
Try to set in motion Just in the frozen paralyzed And if I'm too late There you have it, folks. That's my interview with Marie's. I'm going to be taking like a couple weeks break. Uh, so there won't be an episode for a couple weeks, mostly because I've kind of run out of pre recorded content and I have to talk to some more people, get some more interviews recorded. And I'm also tired. Uh, I, you know, I could use a break. It takes a lot of time to, to make this show uh, and I love doing it. But, um, you know, I don't want to do it. You know, trying to force myself to do it weekly sometimes, you know, especially during busy weeks can be a little much. And I want to make sure that when I'm doing it, I still really enjoy doing it. And I don't feel like I'm forcing myself to meet this obligation that no one set for me. Like no one asked for this show to be made. I, I just sort of went and did it. The fact that people listen is really cool. I've, you know, I've said this before. But yeah, so, you know, it'll be, a, I'll see you in a couple weeks. I'm not, I don't want to end the season. This is just like season two, part one of how many, however many, like I kind of just want to take this to the end of the year again, see how many episodes we end up with. But we're coming up on the one year anniversary. Um, I got to check the exact date of when I posted the first episode. I mean, technically, this show was conceived in late May of last year, but didn't debut until the end of June or first week of July might have been after 4th of July. Again, I have to check the numbers and dates, but, you know, coming up on one year old, uh, that feels good. So going to take a few weeks to celebrate, record some stuff, come back to you guys super strong because I, I want to hit my, my first big like benchmark goal has been like 30 episodes and we're getting close. I think this is episode 26. So like when I come back, oh, I get it. I got to like record four more episodes and I hit 30 season one was 18 episodes. And so I kind of want to aim for at least doubling the total episodes with this season. But, you know, we'll see again, not forcing myself to do anything right now. And I don't think anyone else should. I think you should like get out. It's going to be summer, baby. Like get out, have some fun, go to the beach, wear sunscreen, stay hydrated, party with your friends, make out with some strangers, D get into a fling or two or three. Uh, if you have my number, call me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.